ladies and gentlemen, we are on episode number 27. Is it 27? I think so. I think it's 27. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm so... Yeah. I'm, between being in a very foul mood this week and just being deprived of sleep and uh, severely uh, beaten down with stuff from, with my actual paying job, uh, I don't know where the hell I am. What the one that I'm keeps on. the lights on? Yeah, let alone, let alone what episode this is. I know it's somewhere in the upper 20s. Let's put it that way. So give or take a couple. Yeah, yeah pretty cool, man. We keep this thing going and we have... Uh... We have some new listeners every uh, every week. It's pretty cool. Yes, it's cool. It's pretty cool. Like to like just look back and and just see how we've grown. And then yeah, it's pretty interesting. Yes. <laughs> it's it's funny as I as I go through and look at statistics of downloads, I see that one from uh, what was it Bremen, Germany. <laughs> it was the one only that we've gotten outside of the continental United States, and it, it leads me to believe that it was probably done by mistake. But hey, it is what it is. Hey, welcome aboard. Yeah, exactly. Danke. Uh, so the uh, the typical, how are we starting the week? What do you got? Oh boy, let's see here. So I got some Litchfield Distillery, but I think what's more important is you've inspired me with that that giant beach ball size ice cube you use in your in your uh, glass. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know, I, as a Christmas gift, I got a mold for large ice cubes. One of them being the round ones like you got. I can't figure out how to get the goddamn thing out of the mold, to be quite honest. I think I got to defrost a little bit and let it fall out. So I have these, really? these cube molds, okay? But they're pretty big. They're, they're, it's bigger than the, than the typical vessel I used to, to drink my poison out of. So I had to get a, a larger vessel. So it's like a, literally a Costco size a glass that I have here in order to <laughs> cube it. <laughs> and I mean, with the size of I the, like the cube, of, though. Right? It's pretty cool. I mean, with the size of the glass and yeah. the size of the, the ice cube itself, I, I'm I'm going to have to pour more more bourbon in it to make it look, you know, I guess more, uh, more proportional. Um, I mean, I guess I got to drink more bourbon this week. It is a fitting week, so I might as well. Why not? Right? Why not? Anyway. Yeah. If, it, if there's been a week, this is the week. Without a doubt. So, cheers, salute. Thank you. How about you? So, this is. I have. Uh, I'm just sticking to the uh, the old regular bullet. Bullet, bullet to the head. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, I. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this is probably the week for it, right? <laughs> so, uh, I told you, I, I've been uh, binge watching some CV shows and and uh, Yellowstone is a great show, and uh, yeah. it, it's funny because. I started watching it and they go on to uh like just whatever throughout the show they're they're just grabbing a, a drink or whatever and it's it they it just happens to be bullet so I was like oh this is meant to be so why not <laughs> why not so exactly. yeah I think you said it best bullet to the head so this whole week um, I think we were looking at this whole thing like we were gonna have a an election special to to deal with but. Instead, we have a steadfast. I don't know. This is just lack something that election. I didn't expect. Lack I, of election. Yes. Uh, I, I, let's see. Did I expect it or not? I didn't expect it, but yet I kind of did. Kind of did. Because, I mean, months leading up to this whole thing, we were talking about the like the postal service and what kind of... Inefficiency? <laughs> yes, inefficiency they were going to provide when it came to 
actually doing the election. By the way, now, whenever, whenever you're at a loss for words, just ask me. I'm sure I could find something to fill in the gap. Please, by all means. <laughs> Especially with going through this. Like, it, it's just, it, it's mind-boggling. Like, yeah. here we are in what a lot of people would consider one of the most important elections to ever happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially in most people's lifetimes and to not get it right because they're just trying to, I mean, the mail-in votes and everything. I mean, it's, I get it, but like, you know, you and I were both going back and forth last night mm-hmm. and the whole Pennsylvania thing, right? So they're going to do the regular, like whatever the votes were for yesterday. And then the mail-in votes are going to take place over the next few days. I mean, I'm looking at it and they're saying that this could take place until Saturday. This could take that long. I just read an article where saying North Carolina may not fully count their votes for another week. I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm at a, I, I just said to you, if you're ever at a loss for words, just let me know and I could try to fill in that. Well, the thing is, is that, you know, yeah. And this could take until whenever but yeah like see this is this is where trump is going to come into play right because he's very theatrical Mm -hmm. so (laughs) do you think over the next few days he's not going to cast in his words and people are going to say whatever they're going to say about him but he's he's kind of right (laughs) yeah yeah this is this is very much a fraud um I don't know. I, I, I did hear like there were some people that I, I was around today and I, I didn't hear the whole conversation, but I did hear some what of what they were what they were talking about. And it was something about like there was a hundred and thirty thousand votes that were just found this morning. Is that true? Overnight, I think in Michigan. Yeah. Supposedly. Yeah. And and just so happens all of them were for a certain candidate. All of yeah. them? Yeah, I mean, all I, of listen, them, like not I, even like it wasn't even like a 70, 70, 30 split. Like, I, I, I don't know about you. I mean, I personally haven't read through the ballots, to be quite honest. I haven't read them. But let's say that's true, that there are 135,000 ballots that were magically, quote unquote, found overnight. Or, you know, they were mail-in ballots and somebody just like kind of forgot about them. Yeah. Um. For 135,000 of anything, okay, <laughs> statistically speaking, is absolutely impossible for every single one to go in one direction. I mean, I, I would encourage the audience to get a coin and flip it 135,000 times and see, statistically speaking, you know, how many times it flips in one direction versus the other. Um, I know that's an oversimplification and all that other stuff, but kind of makes you wonder. I mean, is that is that actually real? I mean, I think one hundred and thirty thousand of anything is just completely mind-boggling. Like, how are you not going to notice that? I mean, yeah, a hundred. You've bought. I'm sure you over the course of your life, you've bought. Uh, a box of envelopes, right? It's a hundred. Yeah. So could you imagine that times 100? Well, I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm like with reams of paper, a ream of paper is 500 sheets of paper. Yeah. Okay? 
So okay. to get 130,000 pieces of paper, if you were to count it by reams, um, that's, that's like what? 260 reams of paper or something like that. And you're not going to notice it. That's yeah. It's like, I mean like a box of reams of paper is like, I don't know what 20 reams of paper, maybe 10 reams of paper. Yeah. And those are pretty decent sized boxes. You need of course. 260 of those. That's filling up a whole fucking room. <laughs> it sure is. And I mean, like the ballot that I had last night was larger than a standard eight and a half by 11 piece of paper. It's probably double that size. So, you know, you're talking a pretty big fucking room that, oh, like, hey, oh, wow, look at this. I can't believe we didn't open this door earlier in the day. (laughs) (laughs) As it falls on top of you, right? And then, you know, like some, some some pipe burst in some district in Georgia that was, that apparently was hosing, hosing, housing a bunch of ballots. So apparently they have to like redo those ballots or something like that. Like it, okay, let's say, let's say, let's take fraud completely out of the picture. Okay, let's, let's, let's assume that there's no fraud whatsoever. How is it? in the year 2020, we still don't have an efficient way of counting votes in the United States of America, the richest nation on the face of the earth, which with arguably the most advanced technology in comparison to any other country on the face of the earth, yet we can't get our fucking voting process down pat. And it's not, it's not a single instance. That, that, that's the thing that, that I want everybody to kind of think about. No, no matter what your political flavor is, that doesn't really matter. I, I just really want you to think about this, okay? It's not a single election cycle where this is an issue. This seems to be an issue every single election cycle. It is absolutely fascinating that as far back as I can remember, the year 2000 from the fucking hanging chads. Hanging chads. All that is. I mean, uh, what the hell is going on? It just doesn't make any sense. I mean, like, there's, there's private corporations that do things infinitely more, more efficient than this. I, I just, I, 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 can't, I, I can't grasp this concept. And, and yet we, we, you know, in general, we want to put more trust in the government to take control of our lives when they can't even handle fucking votes correctly. <laughs> That's a very and good again, question. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter which way which way you're voting. It, it, the process has to piss you off altogether. It just doesn't make any sense. Like, in, like, don't call it election day anymore. Call it election month. You're right. right. You're right. I mean, here we've gone from like. I mean, I remember like being day a, implies that. You know, it's it's like day implies you have to get something done on this day by this time on this day, <laughs> and yet it's like, well, no, well, you know, we'll, we'll count for another you know, three months after. But we should though, right? I mean, we we, we should. I mean, for my entire life growing up, like election day was election day. And then that happened and then you could talk about it the next day, whatever. But now, I mean, it's crazy because this is, I mean, do you remember any time like anything like this where the election took place and then we're sorting out the details 
days later, She's like we also, are now. Well, the hanging chat thing, yeah. But I mean, that, uh, and to be fair, that was 20 years ago. So I, 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 as far as I remember, that really affected mostly Florida, which obviously is a big state when it comes to comes right. to the election. In terms I of think Florida, <laughs> Florida actually, I think figured it out this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, after that, I'm like, we don't want. Any, we we already have the fucking Florida man headlines. Last thing we did. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, but I'm looking at. I'm seeing Joe Biden 264, Donald Trump 214. Isn't it 270? Right, 270 is to win. So Joe Biden yeah. is six away. Yeah. Nevada magically it just the math just happens to to work out absolutely perfectly what do you think is going to happen with this whole thing I mean say say Biden wins what do you think this country is going to do because I think if Trump won I I, I don't know I mean over what I've seen the past couple months and the, the uprisings and I don't know I'm curious. I, nothing would surprise. Nothing would surprise me. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm kind of surprised that it's been eerily quiet <laughs> so far. Yeah, I mean, we we've got this thing where Walmart has pulled ammunition off their shelves. I think they put it back on now because of whatever. But I, initially, Walmart took their ammunition off their shelves in Connecticut or everywhere. Across the board. It's oh. interesting. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they pulled everything from their stores in Connecticut a long time ago, so you can't get shit here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's that whole thing. And then, I mean, I'm sure you've seen over the past couple of days where, uh, like, banks in New York, I think there were, I saw something with, like, Chase in, in New York, but they were, like, they were, they were with the, they were boarding up their lower floors. So yeah. there was nobody mm-hmm. going to be rushing into it. And have you seen You're anything like, like that? Robbing like, the bank. And the- <laughs> robbing the, the bank. bank. Nobody's going to be looting it. Nobody's going to be looting the bank. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's go, let's go rob Chase Bank because we, we don't like the outcome of the election. This doesn't make any sense. No, there's a lot of but this I, I, that I, I doesn't totally make any it. sense. No, it doesn't. I, I was watching a, a clip from from uh, from Glenn Beck's radio program yesterday, and um, he had one of his reporters out in D.C. yesterday morning, and, and um, he was just they were kind of like panning with the camera all all around, and there was like literally three layers of fencing. Uh, <clears throat> from the street to where the White House at lawn actually starts to try to keep any sort of rioters out just in case. And apparently that area in D.C., a lot of uh, storefronts or, or businesses in that area boarded up all of their windows and doors up to at least three floors above the ground floor and for 10 to 12 blocks or the 10 to 12 block radius around the White House, which is pretty interesting. <laughs> Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, I've talked to some people that I work with that were just looking for sheets of plywood for whatever purposes they had at their own home. And it was just like up to like $40, $50 for a sheet of plywood. Yeah, they're usually for like a, like a three-quarter 
three quarter inch thick piece of plywood. It's I think like around at least a few years ago it was thirty two dollars. So for it to be forty to fifty dollars. Oh, this was know, under. This was like seven seven sixteenths. This is like less than half an inch. Jesus. Yeah, I know. This That's is crazy. where we're going. So I was talking to a few people and uh, I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, just the fact that we had a podcast a few weeks ago and we talked about, actually, this was around the time of the, uh, the, the debates. And this is why this comment came up and we were talking about the proud boys. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, what I thought was interesting is that the fact that not the fact that we talked about them, but the fact that we were like, okay, let's just put a link out there for our listeners to, mm -hmm. to try to do their own investigative work. And when you put it out there, this is something that got taken down. And this is around the time where everything was like, it, it's still obviously a hot topic um, mm -hmm. just with Twitter and Facebook and just First Amendment, what's going to be talked about um, and, and censorship. So, um, you have a better first, first person perspective with that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if, if the audience remembers from the very first presidential debate, when Chris Wallace insisted that, that, uh, Donald Trump, um, denounce white supremacy, <clears throat> um, and Trump said, sure, I'll do it. And, you know, who, who, who do you want me to denounce? And. And he rattled off the name, the Proud Boys. Um, and Trump's like, I have no idea who they are, but I guess you could say, you know, stand down and stand by or whatever the hell is the words were. Sorry for my paraphrasing. Um, right. I mean, by now, so, everybody's been talking about it, but whatever. Yeah. So, so yeah, so you're, you're right. I mean, we, we did talk about it on the podcast. So what I did in, in typical fashion, once we do have a, a, an episode posted, is to post it on our Facebook page. So, and what we do is we like to post a lot of, a lot of um, references to different topics that we talk about. So what I did is, you know, as you and I spoke about it on the podcast itself, we're like, you know, who the hell are the Proud Boys? I know I had heard about them, but I didn't know who they were. So I was curious. I went online, did a little research, read up on, on who they were. And uh, I'm like, all right, it's interesting. So let me, let me at least post a link to their website um, on Facebook. So audience members can themselves go to, you know, use the link to go to their website to read about who the, who the, who they are, who, who the organization is. And <clears throat> as I was, as I went to go hit post for our Facebook page, I got this message basically saying that, uh, I couldn't post that particular, I, I couldn't submit that post because apparently others in the Facebook community. And again, I'm, I'm paraphrasing on what the, what the actual uh, uh, thing was that popped up. It basically said that others in the Facebook community found something about my post offensive. Um, or uh, it's not, offensive, not offensive. Yeah. We don't know who it's offensive to. Exactly. Now it, it not, wasn't, no, I'm sorry they said that it was considered abusive by other members of the Facebook community. Now they didn't specify exactly what in my post was considered to be abusive, nor just like you said, did they say who in the Facebook community found that to be uh, abusive? Uh, so you're probably wondering, well, how do I know it was the fate? It was, it was the proud boys uh, uh, linked to their website. 
how do I know that for a fact? I don't know that for a, for an absolute 100% fact, but I'm 99.9% sure that that's what it was. And here's the reason why. So before, before we had that podcast, before we did that recording, there was a, a, some, a bunch of people had posted stuff about that first debate uh, on Facebook. And, um, and uh, somebody had mentioned something about the, the Proud Boys being a white supremacist group. I had done some research on it uh, right before that, that other person had posted this thing about the debate. And so I responded to that to one person. I said, they're not a white supremacist group. Here's their website. Go check them out. I mean, they have members that are black. They have members that are gay. They have members that are Muslim. Um, they have all sorts of members. It's, you know, they, they have certain criteria. None, none of it has to do with the fact that you have to be purely white and denounce all other races and religions and all that other stuff. Right. So I think I mentioned it to somebody that I work with and they said that one of the, uh, the originators was actually Hispanic. Yeah, that, I, don't I, I honestly true. don't know. It's, it's a good question. I don't know. Um, but I, so I went to go post that with a link to their website and my post got denied. So you put two and two together and that's pretty much what it is. Right. So here's the thing. Um, if, if I'm, I'm thinking about what you're getting to is that, you know, now Facebook is, is picking and choosing what they allow for people to post in the, in their community setting, if you will, or whatever the hell it is that you can post to other people on your newsfeed. Um, so, you know, typical, typical, um, uh, censorship from social media. Now, the argument a lot of people make is, well, you know, they, they are, uh, we'll say a private company. They can kind of do whatever the hell they want. Okay. Fair point. Mm -hmm. Um, but there is absolutely no censorship of anything coming from the left. Zero. I've seen people post horrendous stuff like killing of this representative, killing of the president. Like, I mean, it's like not things that are like questionable, it's things that are completely over the edge that have absolutely no censorship to them whatsoever. So my thing is it's either you censor all or you censor none. So you have to pick one because now people are really getting pissed off to this idea that their voices are being silenced. That does not bode well with a lot of people that does not end well with a lot of people. So Here's a fair warning to everybody, okay? This, this does not end well. If this continues, it won't end well for the rest of the country. So not that I'm saying I'm going to start anything stupid. Let's put it that way. But history shows over the past several hundred years that when you do stuff like this, it does not end well. So it's a fair warning to everybody. No, I, I agree with you. I mean, with that, things, I approve that message. <laughs> one of the things that I've seen is that, you know, I, I think I, I said I seen, I think everybody have seen over the past couple of months and just with Twitter and Facebook and just, I mean, the whole thing came out about Trump and uh, excuse me, not Trump, but uh, it came out about Biden, Biden's son, Hunter, and the, the, uh, the laptop that was found and there was just, this i mean if anybody posted anything about it there was just the whole 
it was it was locked down. There was nothing to be seen. There was the whole. Um, it was it was closed out. There was no link to be seen. But yet, if you want to go back and see a, a, a couple weeks ago, and it was like Trump's taxes, it was it was put out immediately. So you oh, want to yeah. say like that? You know what I mean? Like it's. Yeah, it's 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 certainly there's there's. I mean, there, there's there's bias. That's hundred percent bias. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, it's it's not subtle anymore. It's completely out in the open, and there's no there's, there's no shame in it whatsoever. Zero. No shame. It's just completely out in the open. And the funny thing is, is that nobody even addresses it. It's just this is out there, and we're, we're not going to talk that, about it. And that and that's the thing. Like I, I see I see these posts on social media too, and I, I guess this is part of what's put me in a foul mood. You know, people are like, "Oh, well, you know, we're all still Americans, and you know, we're all here for an America and all this other stuff." No, we're not. The 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 battle lines no. have been drawn. Okay? Yeah, you're right. The battle lines have been drawn. Period. There's we there. It's very difficult for us to go back at this point in time. Okay. Right about that. Um, yeah, it's it, nobody wants to talk anymore. Nobody wants to hear other people's opinions. It's it's you have your own opinion, and that's it. And and I and I say this to both sides of the political spectrum, not just not just one side or another. It's nobody wants to talk. It's a shame that we've gotten away from that because, like, I mean, number one, when we were kids, nobody mm-hmm. talked about who they voted for. Right? It was something that they did in in the little ballot box that was it right yeah now it's something that's all over social media it's nobody and is, if you if you don't agree with me then then fuck you essentially yeah <laughs> <laughs> and why i mean we've gotten away from the fact that we, we it's okay to disagree with one another oh no we've we've gotten completely away from that and we, why we are so far down the road uh, because I, I think people have this, I think they have this mentality where they, and we, we've talked about it on several occasions. Of course. Where you, you, you feel like you have to be part of a team. I, I don't know. Where, like, but I think I, people need to be reminded that it's okay to disagree. Yeah, but it's, but the, the, see, and here's the thing with that. In order to disagree with one another and still respect one another, you need to have good debating skills. And you need to be able to listen to your opponent and what they're saying. That skill set has been completely taken out of society altogether. Right. People just no, don't, they, they don't want right. to they, they don't but want I, to have a healthy debate to discuss certain topics. That's well the thing is that we, we use the term debate. It should be a discussion. It's okay to talk about these things. Right? I mean, you put the term debate in front of it. And then all of a sudden, I think sometimes for some people, it turns into like an argument. Yeah, it does. Because again, I mean, people just don't want to, they they don't want to listen. They don't want to process what others are saying. They just want to get their point out and just that's, and they, and they just clam up. They shut down. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, I'll be honest. I, I do that too. If, if I'll clam up, but it's usually in response to somebody else acting in a way where they want you to they want you to adopt their opinion 
with no question whatsoever. Right. I mean, I've asked somebody that I work with, um, I was like, well, you know, he's a huge Biden supporter. So I was like, well, what, what's changed since Trump's been in office and his whole thing, like he didn't really have anything to grasp onto, but Mm -hmm. what he did grasp onto was the fact that like, well, he reverted. It wasn't even anything under this, this presidency. He went back to saying that under Obama, he was able to refinance his home and he was able to get a great mortgage and this and that. I was like, I get it. And it wasn't until I walked away that I actually realized that, I was like, well, if you refinance today, I mean, mortgage rates are like 2.9 right now. Yeah. I mean, those are pretty low. Yeah. I remember when it hit like four and a half. Yeah, I think ours is like four and a quarter. I got in speaking of which I have to make an appointment with, with my bank to try to refinance because yeah, rates are ridiculously low right now. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, I, yeah, it's it's just... Uh, and I, it's, it, it's, it's several issues, and I, I know that we've talked about it on, on quite a few podcasts. It's, it's the fact that people don't have the skill to really debate appropriately. Um. And people really don't do their own homework when it comes to when it comes to looking up information. And I, I hate to be a conspiracy theorist, but I feel like <laughs> speaking I, of which, not to interrupt yeah. you, but I saw uh, we talked about QAnon a couple times. Um, <laughs> but I did see that some uh, QAnon people have gotten uh, elected into certain positions. That should be interesting. We'll see how yeah. that turns out. Yeah, but I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's okay. No, so I, I think I think part of it has to do with with our our education system, really taking the 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 idea of critical thinking out of the classroom and really really telling people there's only a certain or really teaching students that there's only a certain way to problem solve or there's only a certain way to come about the right answer for something and any other manner is completely incorrect altogether. Um, so a lot of creativity is taken out of the, the classroom altogether. I mean, my, my wife and I have, have spoken about this on several occasions and to remind everybody, my, my wife is a teacher, so she, she sees this. Um, a lot of this really came about with no child left behind. And it's really just, you know, students are trying to, to, to just, they they test for a certain score as opposed to testing to really learn so that has really been taken out of education altogether so there's that and what happens in that particular case people don't they don't they don't use critical thinking they don't use critical thinking skills to question things and not necessarily to question it just to be rebellious it's to question things to say hmm that's interesting let me learn more about this people don't do that and so what happens? You have a biased media that basically tells everybody what to believe. People don't do their own homework on this. So they believe exactly what the media tells them, one way or another. Then they get on social media, and somebody posts things on social media with no references to it, um, really will put a, 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 a biased spin on what they post, and they believe that as well, because again, they're not using critical thinking skills. Hmm. And so that's, this is where you get a population that, that just doesn't want to listen to one another because they have their own biases set in their minds and they're going to run with, with whatever fits their, their implicit bias. 
Hmm. So on the topic of implicit bias, like what do you think happens if, I mean, six points away from presidency is Joe Biden? Like what, what changes if he's elected? What changes if he's elected president? Yeah. Well, it depends. I mean, you, you want, you want the, the stupid answer or you want the, the more critical thinking answer? Well, let's do both. Let's both start with stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, we're going to turn into a communist nation, and and uh, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna take down the American flag and put up the the the, the Union of the Soviet Socialist Republic flag well, instead. <laughs> Seriously, with with all that, you're not even going to put on your pussy hat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know when the official day is for pussy hats to come back into fashion, but yeah. they will. But they will. Yeah. I'm sure they probably, we could probably find one on eBay. No, I mean, just to buy the, the hat. Yeah, of course. But, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, but I mean, the, the real, the real answer to that is probably nothing. And it really depends right. on, on the house, on the house of representatives in the Senate. Right. And I had this discussion with somebody like when Trump first got into office and I was like, what, what do you think is actually going to change? And the answer was just something like along the lines of it, it was along the lines of immigration and they knew somebody who was on a ship and the ship got surrounded and like the whole story sounded like something that was just completely fabricated, fabricated honestly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, completely fabricated. Well, that's the thing. I, mean, I don't know if it was. I mean, if it was real, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. But the whole thing was is that they were they were putting this whole thing down that um that that needed a lot of fact checking and i mean it was so fake and this is the thing is is that this is somebody that i knew for a long time i it's somebody that i grew up with and it was like a sidebar like a little little facebook uh message and she's like you know what we've been friends for a long time but through this discussion, I, I don't really think that we should be friends anymore. Like, why? I mean, I, whatever. We didn't really talk anyway. But like, wh why is that your ultimate result? We can't be friends anymore. Why? Because Trump's president? I, I, I don't really think that it's that serious. And at the time, I was like, I, I, what happened to make you feel this way? I was trying to be like open and like, where are we going with this? You know what I mean? Like I wanted, I wanted to learn, yeah. but there was nothing to learn. Well, there, there was nothing to be taught, to be quite honest, on their right. end. Fair. You know, and, that, and that's, that's where we're at. And nobody wants to really, people want to talk but they don't want to listen. That's the problem. <clears throat> right. So everybody's just yelling at each other without listening, without really understanding. See, like it, I, I, I try to have, I try to have a constructive conversation. I, and, and again, just the, as the, you know, if the audience doesn't know yet, I, I, typically speaking, my political leanings is more conservative than it is. Yours? Liberal. Yeah. Conservative. Imagine that, huh? Crazy yeah. idea. I, I didn't see it. <laughs> So, I, I, you know, I try to have conversations with people who, who have more left-leaning politics. 
and I, I, I try to listen and I, I, I understand where they're coming from with certain things. Like for instance, when they talk about socialized healthcare and, and um, you know, taxing the wealthy and all, and I get where they're coming from. I understand because at the very surface, when you talk about a lot of these particular subjects, they make sense. When you talk about socialized healthcare, okay, let's have healthcare for everybody. That's, that's wonderful. That, that's a great idea to have. But when no speaking question. about it, why doesn't that sound great? What do you mean? I mean, if you don't have healthcare, like why does not, why doesn't that theory sound fantastic? Because like, okay, it. if I don't have healthcare uh-huh. and you're telling me that I could have healthcare, mm-hmm. why wouldn't I want it? That's a, that's a thing. You could have it. Nobody's stopping you from having it. And why can't I? <laughs> maybe because you, maybe because it's expensive and you can't afford it, right? Right. So, I, so I understand where people are coming from when they're saying that. Okay. But again, I mean, history has shown time and time again that socialized healthcare is extremely expensive. It's non-sustainable from a fiscal from a fiscal perspective, and it doesn't equate higher quality healthcare. When That's the biggest this- question. Uh, the quality of healthcare. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, people will look at national healthcare, they'll look at it from Canada, they'll look at it from overseas in, in England or whatever the case may be, and see that it is something that is available. And I think something that a lot of people are facing now, like especially when there's bailouts happening, mm-hmm. there's, you know, there, there's, there's obviously money that's being tossed into whatever. So a lot of questions remain as to be, if we have money for all this other shit, why can't we have money for healthcare? You're right. You're absolutely right. I mean, we, like you and I have spoken about on several occasions on different podcasts and things that I've spoken about with other people is we give away billions of dollars every year in, in foreign aid to other countries that really could give a shit less about us and we'd rather see us burn to the ground, to be quite honest. So you're right. Why can't that money be used for a universal healthcare program? It's not a bad idea. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be, as open-minded with this as I, as I possibly could be, okay? The problem I have with this idea is the fact that you are putting your, not your health care, your health care insurance, okay, in the hands of the federal government, okay? Now, why do I have an issue with this? Because other people would say, well, fuck it, why not? What's, what's the issue, okay? Right. Well, there's also the question about there's quantity over quality, I mean, yeah. we put all these people onto this insurance. There's also, there's checks and balances. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Um, I've been in healthcare for 16 years. Okay. I've seen how government run healthcare insurance plans work. There are hospitals across the United States that are closing on a daily basis because the reimbursement that they get from government run healthcare programs like Medicare or Medicaid are absolutely piss poor okay the reimbursement is horrific absolutely horrific 
Uh, when it comes to medications, okay, if you're talking about your prescription uh, drug coverage plans, okay, what are the first drugs that they, they will push for somebody? Generics, okay. Why? Because they're cheaper. Not necessarily that they're better, but because they're cheaper. Now, to be fair, most other, even commercial insurance plans do the same thing. But on commercial insurance plans, you have a better chance of getting a branded name product that may have clinical data behind it, suggesting it's a better therapy than older generic drugs that are cheaper. Can I just right. interject here? So sure. is it a matter of where the, the treatment is more lucrative for the companies than the cure? Sorry, if you repeat that for whatever reason, you're breaking up. I think it's my internet connection. I just heard something going on over there. Um, is it a situation where the the treatment is more lucrative than the cure? Where the treatment is more lucrative than the cure? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in certain cases, yeah. I mean, let's let's put it this way: uh, hypertension. Okay. Um, I could give you a pill to take every day for the rest of your life. That's ten cents a pill. 10 cents a day well, for you but for the insurance company it's right i mean so like it's it's cheaper for for them if you take that pill on a daily basis as opposed to you going to uh all sorts of specialists to really see what the root problem of your hypertension is because hypertension is not normal human physiology if your blood pressure to be elevated all the time for an extended period of time that is ab that is abnormal. There's something going on with you that is that is that there's something wrong with you. Right. Obviously, okay, the, that's not obvious. But there's a root cause to that in everybody. It's not like you know, oh well, you know, we're just going to accept the fact that my blood pressure is abnormally high all the time. That <laughs> this doesn't make any fucking sense. There is a problem that needs to be solved, not a problem that needs a band aid. But it is cheaper for the for the insurance plan. To, to get you to stay on a chronic medication on a daily basis as opposed to finding what the root cause of the problem is because finding the root cause of the problem probably would be more expensive than giving you a pill on a daily basis. And by the way, that pill that you're taking on a daily basis that would that the cost to produce that medication maybe is only 10 cents a day, the insurance plans will actually charge you $200 a day. You're only going to pay a certain amount out of pocket, but there's certain tricks that insurance companies and pharmacy benefits managers do to drive up the costs of healthcare in order to mm. do things like that to 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 fatten their their uh, to fatten their wallets. So I'm not going to go into that because it is uh, an entire. You want to talk about healthcare being expensive and people complain about the pharmaceutical industry? Look at your insurance companies and your pharmacy benefit managers. In times where the, even the economy is in the shitter, they are doing well. Yeah. In times yeah. where healthcare costs are increasing, those companies are making exorbitant profits. Yeah, I mean, there's been times where I've gotten prescriptions filled and it tells me what the actual cost is mm -hmm. in comparison to like what I actually pay. And these are like just antibiotics or whatever. I mean, I can imagine somebody that's on some medication that costs like, like a cancer treatment, you know what I mean? Like something that's hundreds of dollars, every, thousands. thousands of dollars every time they, they go to get filled. 
I mean, it's it's a lot of money. Yeah. And it's and it's totally understandable why people go bankrupt for trying to just preserve their life. Yeah. And I mean, let, let me be clear. I mean, I'm not saying our healthcare system is perfect by any stretch of the imagination. It has a lot of faults in it that, that quite frankly, should be solved. And I think the problem is, is that we have insurance companies that really dictate care. It's not your doctor. Don't think by any stretch of the imagination that your doctor is the one that's really dictating your care. If you have insurance coverage, your insurance company is the one who's doing that, not your doctor. Your doctor can do the diagnosis and suggest a treatment plan. But realistically, when it comes to actual treatment, your insurance company is, is going to dictate what they're going to pay for and what they're not going to pay for. Right. Okay. Right. Let me make that abundantly clear to everybody. Yeah. It is an absolute clusterfuck. <laughs> it really is. So I I really I was hoping this whole podcast was going to be about the election and talking about the results and we fell flat because Pennsylvania apparently one thing I, I learned about Pennsylvania last night was the fact that they um I guess last night they were they were counting the ballots that went in for yesterday and then the mail in ballots were whatever they were counting until saturday it seems <laughs> yeah. uh, <I'm, laughs> it's just ridiculous it really is it is uh, and again and like you know okay so i mean we have the right to vote okay, that's fantastic. well that's one thing that i'm also tired of of, of seeing everybody's well we have uh, if you didn't vote doesn't matter like i mean especially if if you didn't put your sticker you didn't vote right uh, I know. I, I purposely didn't post anything stupid like that because I just I hate doing that. No, but I think it's awesome that we got our first vote. Absolutely. <laughs> first write-in for Ocho and the Civ as president and vice president. Which one would be president? Which one would be vice president? I'll be your vice president. You could take you could take the reins. <laughs> <laughs> the media would hate me as much as they hate Trump. Yeah, well, I would be more vocal than Pence, so uh, they wouldn't know what to do with me. They're like, oh, we're not used to having this <laughs> this microphone on. I mean, we're, we're used to only having one asshole <laughs> on the country now, too. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it, it's this whole thing about the right to vote and all this other stuff. Yes, we do have the right to vote without a doubt, and I don't want to take that away from anybody whatsoever. Zero. Let me let me make that very clear to to the audience. But the the process of how the election goes about is an absolute disaster. It really is. It really is. I mean, like, just don't call it election day anymore. Seriously. I mean, and and again, it's not just about this past election. It's been. It's, it seems like almost every election there's an issue with with ballots not being counted or duplicating ball- ballots or ballots sent out incorrectly to people or ballots being sent out to people that have been dead for several years or or, or people getting duplicate ballots. I mean, come on. As I've said on, on many occasions and things that, that just seem absolutely ridiculous, I mean, NASA can... can can remote control the Mars rover on Mars, okay, from Houston, if you will, 
with no issues. Yet we can't figure out how to fucking count ballots on earth. It's just, it's, it's fascinating. It is absolutely like if, if there's a terrorist in Afghanistan, I could be a CIA agent here in Connecticut wrote remote controlling a drone and I can fire a, a missile down on that terrorist within a five year or a five meter radius of that, of that terrorist to kill them with precision yet we can't count ballots but, correctly. Right. I, this is the craziest thing. I mean, there's, we have a like button on Facebook. That is, by the way, did you watch the, uh, the social, the, the social dilemma? <laughs> no, not yet. Blah, 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 blah. No. <laughs> so like blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Yeah, I did. <laughs> Social dilemma. Um, definitely watch it if you haven't gotten a chance. It's it's really good. Um, it talks about how there's you know all the algorithms that are involved in social media, and one thing that gets into that's pretty interesting is the fact that I mean I think people should have realized by now, but I think it's something that we sweep under the rug is just the fact that I mean it was like tweens, you know younger teenagers that basically they want the validation from likes but they don't get it and they fall into depression and they 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 commit suicide mm-hmm. i mean it's 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 sad but it's a it's a story that needs to be told does it really though yeah i think so i mean listen well, we didn't grow up in an era like this we didn't need to we didn't see social media like i mean we look we look at social media we're like well look at those idiots for the most part but i don't think we look at things from the kind of perspective of what kids might be going through um especially now you know I yeah, mean, no, I, I, here, here, here we are. We're we're forty plus years old. I mean, we don't see things where these these kids might. You know, our outlets were a lot different when we were growing up. Oh, w- without a doubt. But but what has really changed where people can't use the same outlets? Well. I used to think of this. No, I I understand what you're saying. But I I used to look at this like, okay, bullying, right? Take bullying, Uh, for example. I used to look at bullying like, dude, everybody was bullied. It's just part of it. It's a rite of passage, right? (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. It really is. But not anymore. Because now we have like a, say, Josh was bullied at school today. He goes home and he doesn't get to go home and just chill out about it. He gets to go home and then everybody gangs up on him on Facebook. So the three people that were bullying him at school now turn 16, you know, just to say. And they beat him up and they post a fucking picture of him cowering in the corner like just shelled up, getting his ass kicked. 
and then that picture gets shared with God, how, however many get shared. And now all of a sudden, like there's 30, 40 people that are picking on poor little Josh. And everybody's looking at like, uh, you know what I mean? Like he's just, I see how the world has, you know, I mean, we say that the world is, is not so big. Like the the more the internet expands, the more the more we realize that the world is not so big. But for some people, it's it's making the world get smaller. And yeah, all of a sudden, I feel like I'm going to play Call of Duty. Call of Duty. <laughs> Sorry, as I'm as I'm migrating to my office, my internet connection is not that great. So I have to um, have to adjust the scenery. Um, yeah. So um, no, I, I I get what you're saying with that. I I do, and I think um, it's interesting because times have changed. Where the bully when we were growing up was the big tough kid in school that could pick on other people, and would pick on the nerd. I guess you could say, and now. Right. And now the bully nowadays is kind of like the nerd um, that can pick on the on the big big burly kid, if you will, that might not be as good with technology as as the nerdy kid. So things have really changed from that perspective. Um, but it, but what's made bullying? easy nowadays versus what it was when we were growing up. What's the big difference nowadays and when we were growing up? The internet. Besides the internet. <laughs> That's a huge thing. I, yes, I agree. That's the means to the end. But w- from a social perspective, what's changed in the past 20 to 30 years with people in general, or we'll say with, with teenagers, what, what, what has changed with them? Okay. What's going on in their lives that's different from when we were growing up? Okay, one thing <laughs> that you and I both like to discuss even throughout this podcast is politics, right? Yeah. Right. So we understand that it's evolving by the second. Uh-huh. So it's, it's something that's we're, we're always – you could talk about we could talk about whatever topics we talked about during the podcast ten minutes from now, and there might be completely different um, perspectives that we could pick up through the whole thing, right? So imagine being a, a kid, and like I, I gave the example of like where bullying could come from. I mean, it's it, like they're their small circle of the neighborhood that used to beat them up all of a sudden has become this big giant society of wherever, you know, wherever their expanse has gone. We'll say. Yep. So, I mean, as, as much as the internet is, is realized, has made us realize that, there's so much more to life. It's also kind of brought us in together. And I think that, I don't know how to put this in words. 
it's not, we, we, we it's more intrusive in our lives. Yes. Yes. That's the word I was looking for. Intrusive. A hundred percent more intrusive. But, and I, I agree with you a hundred percent on that one. I think the, the issue that, that I see is, is more intimate than having the internet available and having social media available. A lot of it is that these technologies have basically become parents for a lot of kids, especially teenagers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Parenting. Okay. Parenting has absolutely gone down the shitter in the past 20 years, I'd say. Um, I really don't think kids have a good relationship with their parents the way they should. And a lot of it comes down to the parents not parenting the way they should. And I think a lot of times... Exactly. Exactly. I see a lot of times parents perceive that the the proper way to parent their own kids is by um, giving them everything that they want as opposed to having them earn it. Um, posting pictures of them on, on social media. Oh, look, look at my kid. Look at, look at uh, what my kid did. And just as teenagers and kids try doing this for validation for themselves, their parents do the same exact thing on social media to try to validate their quote unquote parenting skills with other parents that they are socially involved with, if you will, within their own social circle of other parents. Mm-hmm. Bottom line is yeah. people give too much a shit about what other people think about them as opposed to doing what's right for their own, for themselves and for their families. So, Bottom line is we've lost dignity in ourselves as a society. Okay. That's right. really what it comes down to. And unfortunately, right, right. That spills over. Absolutely. Unfortunately, that spills over into how we parent our own children. Now, me personally, me and my wife, we're of the mindset where we really don't give a shit what other people think about us. We're going to do our own thing. Whether you think it's right or wrong, I don't give a fuck about how you think I parent my kids. As long as I know I'm parenting my kids to make them productive members of society to be, to be uh, respectful of other people, to think about others before themselves, to be kind to one another. That's all I give a shit about. I don't care about where I take them on vacation. I don't care about what fucking toy I just bought them. I don't care about any of this stuff. I don't need validation from anybody, okay? The person I need to please is my child and making sure that they are a responsible person when they become adults, okay? That's what it comes down to. I don't give a fuck about anybody else, but other people, unfortunately, don't have that mindset. You could call me crass. You could call me an asshole if you want. I really don't give a fuck because for me, what's important to me is how I raise my child to be as a good person, not what other people perceive to be what's appropriate for for my social circle. I think it's great because a lot of people, they get caught up on the whole, what is social media? What, What is social media going to think about me? I mean, I look back in like relationships that I've been in and it looked like I ran into people like after the relationship ended and they look back, they're like, Oh, I I thought you guys were good. No, 
and the whole Apparently thing not. comes out so like oh, and they're like oh facebook lies yeah you're right facebook does lie yeah because yeah. You, you put into you you portray whatever you think that people want to see in some situations yeah sorry blanked out a little bit there are, are, are we backed up <laughs> what's going on over here? yeah no my my internet is is fucking tenuous it's it's a pain in the ass but anyway we'll have to edit this out i love the fact that you have your 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 the whiteboard behind you it makes it look like you're like a car salesman we, go, we gotta get ahead of these guys <laughs> we really need to we need to sell 10 more fucking bmws all right One these guys across the whole uh, across the- <laughs> yeah i had a bunch of stuff written on here one day and this guy that uh uh, this this guy that I work with in New Jersey texted me. He's like, he's like, dude, where are you? I was like, I'm in the war room of my house. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, you just need to to draw a couple uh, continents behind you. And, uh, but um, yeah. no, I mean, I, I I see that with a lot of people, and it's like they they try to post this thing on Facebook and be, be, making their their life out to be absolutely perfect and as if like other people are going to say, Oh, that's great. And like, give them a thumbs up or whatever. Like I, I try and I, I actually try to do the complete opposite of that. Like, like I, I'm sure my, my wife hates me for this, but you know, when it comes to things like her birthday, when it comes to anniversaries, when it comes to, to personal things, I actually, I try to stay, stay away from posting stuff on social media. Um, because I, I just, yeah, I'm the same way. I just don't feel that I need to make that public to the rest of the world. I mean, if, if as your significant other, if me having to post it on social media is much more important than me actually expressing that to you in person, face to face, there is a problem with us. Okay. Right. I, I agree with you hundred percent because there's been times where like friends of mine at like your birthday or, or like, Anybody I know who has a birthday or an anniversary, for example, I mean, I had a friend of mine who just had an anniversary two weeks ago and I sent them just a text message. I mean, it's not something that's over the edge, but it's a text message. It's personal. Mm -hmm. They know I was messaging them. It's not for the internet to see. I was like, you know, happy anniversary, kids. I I, I do. Glad to see you guys are going to. I mean, there's people I don't want I the validation from like, exactly. oh, you you said happy anniversary to them. No, no, yeah. I want oh, thumbs to up say for you to them. Well, like that's who needs it. Yeah, thumbs up to you, or I'm going to give you a smiley face, or I'm going to give you a heart, or two hearts, or whatever. It's like as if like it's a point system. <laughs> well, if you want to send me a heart, I'll appreciate it. What about if I send you a broken heart or a blue one? Is that okay? We're gonna fight. <laughs> and do like a, a rock'em sock'em robot um no but <laughs> you're right though i mean like this this idea that you need the rest of the world to validate what you post on like and like these people that are like these facebook models or the instagram models or all this like you're actually making money on that like how does that I just I, some people I, do, I but I, 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 people I know, I know they 
don't and it's just like i, I don't know you're you're fucking throwing away your personal relationships with people because you're hoping that you are one of those insta famous people yeah and and, and like what what boggles my mind is that these people actually think that that makes them an important and actually influential person not me personally, my, my, my personal belief is that in order for you to be a truly influential person, you need to have actual face-to-face relationships with people to truly influence people in a positive way. I mean, you can certainly do it in a negative way as well, but I think you really need to, it, it, there's something about that bond that you have when you, when you talk to somebody face-to-face where you can have a positive impact on their life. That's a true influencer, right. not by just posting selfies of yourself on, on social media. I find that to be, I, I, I think that it's, I, I, I don't know, maybe I'm old fashioned. I have no idea. I think once you reach the age of 40 and you start asking, you start telling yourself these things, I think you've probably gone over the hill to say that you are fucking old. But quite frankly, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, so you post pictures of yourself doing some sort of like fish lips thing and you get a hundred thousand likes. Do that? I might have. <laughs> but it's just like <laughs> it's it, the last thing I want to see is you giving fish lips. <laughs> and do the sieve lips. Um Full holes. I, I just I, I don't know. I, I don't get it. I, I and again I mean maybe it's because like I said I'm I'm quote unquote over the hill. <clears throat> I'm old at this point in my life. Yeah, I, I think, I, and, and not not to not to not to take up more time, but I, oh, I think for me, I think a lot of it also comes down to having a sense of purpose in life. If you have a sense of purpose of who you are and what your goal in life is, and what your and I think a lot of this really goes back to faith, whether it's religion, whatever the hell you want to you want to believe in. But if, if you don't have a sense of purpose of who you are in life and what your purpose on this earth is, because we all have a purpose on earth. It's, it's really to make humanity better than, than what it is from the day we were born. If you don't know what that sense of purpose is, what you're there for, to truly make a difference as opposed to just get thumbs up or likes on, on social media, then there, there's, there's a deep-rooted problem with you in your, in your character, in terms of who you are, in terms of your values and your virtues. You're missing a lot of it. You really right, you're saying you need to dig deeper to, to figure out who you actually are and what Absolutely. are you contributing Absolutely. to. Absolutely. And once you figure that out, you will give a shit less about what other people think about you. I think it's yeah. that simple. Yeah. I can't, I've never actually thought about that, but I really don't care what people think. that's the thing. I mean, once you, I I probably came to that point in my life, I don't know, maybe five, six, seven years ago where I just started getting this mentality where I just didn't give a shit anymore about what, what other people thought. And a lot of it really started with my professional career. And I, I had my, I guess I had my, my, my values and virtues as a, as a healthcare professional. And what I believed in, and what I would, what I would draw a line in the sand with. Mm. And I remember at my at my last job, being challenged by by an administrator, 
And I'm like, no, I'm like, if this is, if this is your idea of what healthcare is, I want absolutely no part of it whatsoever. I'm doing this for the patient. I'm not doing this for the hospital. I'm doing it for the patient. And I firmly believe if you do the right thing, um, the money and everything else will come after it, but you have to do the right thing first, period. Right. And you could see this in your day-to-day life. I mean, I know there's a friend of mine who actually he's, he ran, I mean, this is the day after the election. He ran for Congress in second uh, congressional district in Connecticut. And I, I was with a couple of other buddies who knew him yesterday and they're like, kind of like chuckling and sneering and, and, and saying, you know, saying whatever they had to. And I was like, guys, like you could say whatever you want, but have you ever actually gone after something the way he is? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is somebody that's taking a chance. He's going after it. He's, he's trying to make a difference. I mean, you're talking yeah. about things like you might know him on a, like a friendship level or whatever, but this is somebody that's actually going, putting his name on a ballot, spending mm-hmm. the money that it takes to campaign. Yep. Like, how are you even going to not? And after I, I kind of put it that way, they, they actually, I got a text from one of my, uh, my friends like later on, where he was like, you know what? You actually kind of changed my mind about the whole thing. Because yeah. I mean, who, like people don't take chances like that. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the true definition of courage is, is when you do something that's considered to be wildly unpopular amongst, amongst your peers. When you go against the grain, that's, mm-hmm. that's what the true definition of courage is. Courage is not doing something completely blindly. Courage is really doing something where it, it, you're not blindly courageous about something. A lot of it, you have fear in right. what you do, but you do it anyway because you believe in it. And mm-hmm. you know there's a chance that you're probably going to fail. There's probably a high chance you're going to fail. But you do it anyway because you truly believe in it. You believe it in your heart and soul that, that that's really what, what you're meant to do. Everybody fails. Courage. Absolutely. And that, that's another problem that we have with, with social media and these kids is that they're, they've been ingrained to believe that they need to win at absolutely everything. That, that's, yeah. that is the absolute worst thought process I've, I've, to have. I've been guilty of that. I've, I've been afraid. I mean, there was years ago where I was afraid to try to take the next step because I was like, uh, what if I don't get it? So what? You learn from it, and you. Yeah. And you no, that, I mean that's what I've learned now. Yeah, yeah. But I wish I could give that lesson to twenty-five-year-old Justin. And I, I think that that's one thing I have to be absolutely thankful for is that I've been able to mentor a lot of young adults that that have been that have considered going through pharmacy, that have considered doing like something like that or other you know, other aspects in life. Um, you know, I, I, I've told them that it, it's okay to fail. That's how you learn. And you don't necessarily, you don't fail where it's like, you know, you're, you're shunned by society now. It's like, it's kind of like, you know, uh, Thomas Edison, you know, the, the, the famous uh, quote where, or the, the famous thought about it was that he failed 900 or 9,999 times before the, he actually found the, the right way to, to construct a light bulb or something like that. And that's the thing. I mean, hmm. you know, 
but the argument can be made that people want to keep their failures close to their heart. Like and nobody saw his laboratory where he was failing in his, yeah. in his light bulb. And yeah, I, I totally get it. I, I totally, totally understand. But that's how you learn. And I think the unfortunate thing is that people don't want to reveal how they go about learning something because with learning comes failure with learning comes the inability to understand something right away. I mean, listen, I'm doing a project with my current company right now. And there are, I mean, I, I listen, I question every single day why I was put in charge of this project. I have no idea. I mean, I, I think I know, I, I talked about promotion with my, with my boss and all this other stuff. And they thought it was a fantastic idea to put me in charge of this project. And I'll tell you what, it is, this project has taken over my life over the past couple months. But if there's one thing I have to say about this is that I have learned an absolute infinite amount of information about this particular product, about how reimbursement works with insurance companies, about manufacturing, about finance, about all this other stuff. I didn't know any of this stuff. If I didn't take this project on, I wouldn't have learned any of this. I'd still be happy doing what I was doing, but you know what? I learned a new skill set. I've been able to, I, I can talk about my journey. I can talk about um, what has come up along the way and how I struggled with this. And that's really the most important thing you have to take away from something like this in any aspect of life. You have to be able to really say, it's not about the end point. It's not about, your destination. And I, I know this is a cliche. It's not about your destination. It's really about the journey. It's about how you learn about what you're doing. And unfortunately, we're so, in, it's, it's so, it's branded into us that it's about your goal. It's your goal. You have to, you have to go about it and you, you have to achieve your goal, but it's, it's really not about the goal. It's about what you learn along the way. Because once you get to the goal, you don't just stop life. You don't just say, okay, well, I became a pharmacist and that's it. I'm happy. No, you, it's like, you know, what did, what did you, what struggles did you go through when you were in school? What did you learn along the way? What worked for you? What didn't? So you use that on your next journey in life to achieve your next goal. And that's how you learn. And that's how you get a sense of purpose. And that's how you, you really understand. You come to learn who you are. And unfortunately, I feel like a lot of young people don't have that. They don't have the mentorship from their own parents to really help them out with something like this. It's very sad, but that's right. the, that's the, the root problem that we have. As no, but it's sad, but it's the truth. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I, I don't know. That's what separates you and Gwen from the rest of them. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, it just, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't need validation from other people. I just don't, I, I could care a lot. No, it, it's great. No, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. And it's kind of funny. I, I came across this and, and I don't know if this is the way to close out the podcast or, or whatever, or the segue off of what you were just saying, but it's actually pretty much spot on from what you were saying. So we'll just go with that. So you're familiar with, with Orwell, obviously. Mm -hmm. Kind of. Huxley? Huxley, maybe? Who? Yeah. George Orwell? Huxley? Yeah. 
George Orwell. Okay. I wasn't familiar with Huxley, but I came across this and I thought this was actually pretty fucking amazing for today's society. So it goes like this. What Orwell feared were those who would ban books. What Huxley feared was that there would be no reason to ban books for there would be no reason that anybody wanted, wanted to read one. Orwell feared those who would deprive us of information. Huxley feared those who would give us so much that we would reduce to pass- passivity yep. and egoism. Orwell feared we would become captive audience. Huxley, Huxley feared the truth would be drowned in a sea of irrelevance. Orwell feared that we would become a captive culture. Huxley feared that we would become a trivial culture. Preoccupied with some equivalent of the of feelings, orgy, orgy. Feelings of an orgy. <laughs> feelings, the orgy, porgy, and the centrifugal bumble puppy. Bumble, bumble puppy? Listen, Joe, I, I can't understand a goddamn word you're saying right now. <laughs> <laughs> How about we just stick to the first one? That was like, yeah, we banned books. Well, obviously, fear there's no reason to ban a book. We're not going to have a reason to read one. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I think that I, I think you're right. I think that does sum it up pretty good. I mean, it's it, it's uh, society, unfortunately, dictates how people should should act if you will yeah i know and i'm 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 just so hooked on the word centrifugal bumble bubby (laughs) sounds like some some creature from from harry potter it's actually two words in a row centrifugal so those are words you put in a a spinner apparently i don't know and bumble bubby (laughs) 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 oh god yeah but yeah, I mean, just just like what you're saying or what you're alluding to, it just really sounds like society is really society has turned into this monster that is dictating the way people should should conform, and it's it, right. that's basically what it is. It comes down to conformity with the rest of society, and I think once people really find out what their true purpose in life is, they can really, you know, stick their their middle finger up at. At, at society and say I'm going to do it the way I, I see fit as I get older I look at those people that are extremely unique that the person that you would have considered weird years ago and I really look at them now and I say you know what you actually I can respect more because you're going against the grain you don't yeah. like the way other people think you should be and you know what God bless you for it keep doing what you're doing yeah, I do the same. <laughs> There's really I, no I, other way to describe it. Yeah, I, I, I agree I, with you. I hate conformity. I really do. I, I, I just don't like it. I never did. And as I've gotten older, I've, I've realized that that's really the person that I am. I, yeah. can't, I can't tolerate things where people are like, well, you need to act a certain way. Oh, really? Show me the law that tells me I need to do that. If you can't find one, go fuck yourself. It's as simple as that. Right. I mean, I find it. I find it in my own line of work. I mean, I want to make sure that people do what they're supposed to, 
it's almost like you're supposed to go above and beyond to make sure that you find something that they're doing wrong. And uh, it's not always the case. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah, well, that's that. <laughs> so do, do we have any more, any more election results? I don't think so. Um, let's find out. I don't think we do. Let's see if we can find out anything, anything new. Let's see what other fraudulent actions are, are occurring. I did see this article on <laughs> You Facebook. know what's funny is the first thing that pops up is the BBC. Oh. <laughs> I mean, a, a news organization not even based in the United States. Right. How about that? Well, I see that uh, Biden got Michigan. Mm-hmm. And by the time anybody listened to this, the election is going to be figured out and it's probably going to be Biden. So, you know, what's funny is I was everything that I was watching yesterday in regards to the election, they were saying that it was more, uh, I mean, everything that they, they were like, uh, like Trump was not going to win whatever section it was they're like oh no we kind of expected him to win yeah well it's it's kind of interesting and my my wife and i have gotten into debates about this um but it was kind of funny because when when the polls in california closed they're on the west coast (laughs) not a fucking not a not a vote was counted yet and they already declared victory to biden zero percent right yeah yeah i saw that too I mean, we knew that though. I mean, if they would, ca- oh, if no, they casted, yeah. if they casted Connecticut to, to to Biden, then I would get it. I mean, yeah, you know it. That's where it's going. Yeah, but absolutely. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, and it's like, oh, twenty seven percent of of ballots or of, of votes in I don't know, some 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 random state, I don't know <laughs> somewhere. Um, oh, and, one of those places. And and so and so news station can declare that, you know, X candidate has uh, has uh, gained the electoral votes from that particular state. So like, what? Like this has always been a baffling question to me about our, our election process. And I think a lot of it really has to do with the media just pumping it up, right? Just for for their own purposes, for ratings and all that other stuff. So it's just—it's interesting times. It's strange times, and uh, I guess we have another week to wait until uh, we actually do our (laughs) podcast that relates to the election. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, it's funny. A week ago, we were like, "Oh yeah, we're one week away. We're going to have this. This is going to be what we talk about," and it didn't happen. Well, the week another goddamn week. Well, I think the reason why is that we were we were pretty sure that the election was going to absolutely go one way or another. I don't think we we thought that it was going to be this razor thin, to be quite honest. Right. <laughs> I, I'm not suggesting that it was going to be a landslide one way or another, but I think it was going to be a pretty pretty comfortable victory one way or another. Yeah. Well, we don't know. It might be. That is true. That's a good point. I mean, with all these lawsuits and potential recounts and stuff like that, I think there's, it's really, it's it's up for grabs at this point. It really is. All right, sir. I got nothing else. You? I think I'm tapped out for my uh, motivational <laughs> speech for today. All right, my friend. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning into episode 26 of Ocho and the Civ podcast. I, I, I don't, I don't have any photos. <laughs> to, to be honest.